There is nobody like my Savior. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. I've got several different pairs of shoes. I, I'm quite, not quite to Sherry's level, but I do have several different pairs. I've got one for running. Okay, and uh, those work real well to support your feet when you're running. They don't look quite as good as these dress shoes do, but the dress shoes wouldn't work to run in. Then I've got some general purpose shoes that I wear. Um, each of those shoes was designed with a purpose. Each of God's people is designed for his purpose. Every child is designed for God's purpose. And, you know, I'm convinced we need parents not just to meet the basic needs of children as they raise their children, but to prepare them for the specific purpose for which God created them. And this scripture is actually a, a great example of exactly that. Um, Moses' mother does some pretty significant, important steps uh, to help preserve Moses and help him to ultimately fulfill the purposes for which God created him. And uh, we're going to look at some of the ways that she did that and, and how we can do that with our kids to prepare them. Now, I know some of you got grandkids. You can also prepare your grandkids, right? Uh, we have that, that role as well. So um, the title of my message is Preparing Your Children for God's purpose, and we need to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So look with me at verse 1. It says, Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl, took it, opened it, and saw him, the child, and there he was, a little boy, crying. She felt sorry for him and said, this is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, should I go and call a Hebrew woman who is nursing to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse him for me and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. So preparing your children for God's purposes. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you need to see their uniqueness. You need to see their uniqueness. Verse 2 says, and when she saw... That he was beautiful. We'll get to that in a second. But when, he, when she saw, literally the Hebrew says, when she saw him, that he was good. Okay? So when she saw him is the part I want to look at here. 
She saw him, and she saw him with the eyes of faith. Hebrews tells us that Moses' mother, when she saw him, by faith defied the command of Pharaoh. I think she saw his uniqueness and that God had a plan for his life. Uh, Every child has unique gifts. Every child has a unique personality. And every child has been prepared by God for his purpose. You say, well, what about wicked people? Yes, the Bible even says God prepared the wicked for a day of disaster. Okay? So God prepares every single child for his purpose. And every child is unique in his eyes. Um, And so um, as parents, if we can see the uniqueness of our children, then we can help them develop in those areas that God has gifted them in so that they can become the people that God wants them to be. Lee Strobel uh, said that when he was a little boy, he used to tear apart everything in the house and put it back together. He wanted to figure out how everything worked. God had designed him with this desire to figure things out. And that's what God used him to do in his life. He became a journalist. And then later on, of course, as he uh, investigated Christianity to disprove it, ended up coming to Christ and becoming a great Christian apologist. And and those seeds were present even as a little child in his life. Um, uh, I remember when uh, when I was called to preach, uh, my parents told me, they said, we weren't surprised by this. I said, well, I was. And they said, well, we weren't. Uh, Why? Because they had seen uh, that I had a heart for people. They had seen that I loved God's Word. And uh, they had seen that I wanted to win people for Christ. And they saw these things in me and tried to help me and develop me in these things. Megan has always had a great sense of humor. Sometimes I'd be trying to discipline her. And I would, I would be trying to be serious. And she would crack a joke. And I mean, it was funny. It was really funny. And I had to kind of try to keep my mouth, uh, you know, and, and my expression neutral while I was trying to to discipline her, but uh, I tried to help her in that and to, to learn when to use those things, what are the limits of, of, of a sense of humor, what do you not, not need to say, these kinds of things, but uh, that has been a gift that God has given her that has blessed her and her relationships and so forth, and her family and so forth, um, and so uh, every child has unique gifts. Some children, or they talk all the time, Right? Guess what? If you've got a child that talks all the time, it could be that God is preparing them to work with people and to be a great people person in their vocation, to help people. Uh, or if they're, if they're quiet all the time and always thinking, it may be that God's going to use them to solve some big problems in the world and think things out and, and figure things out. But uh, ask God to help you as a parent to see, or as a grandparent, to see those unique things in your kids, so that you can help them develop in those areas to become the people that God has called them to be. It is no accident that God has put the children that he has put in your home, in your home. And uh, make sure you do what you can to cooperate with God's purposes in their lives. So, uh, preparing your children for God's purposes. How do you do it? Well, first of all, see their uniqueness. Secondly, recognize their value. Recognize their value. If you look in verse 2, when she saw that he was beautiful. 
by the way, uh, the New Testament translates it beautiful. They're quoting the, the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Scripture. Uh, but the Hebrew actually says, she saw that he was good. And just like with English, you could be good looking, okay? You could be good morally, or you could be good in a number of ways. I think that this is tied to Genesis, because um, I believe Moses is the author of the first five books of the Bible. And Moses is the one who wrote, each day of God's creation, he said, it was good. It was good, same word, by the way. It was good when God made man, he said, it is very good. She saw his value. He was a child made in the image of God. He was inherently valuable. Now, perhaps she also saw some of the purpose that God has for his life. We're not really told specifics here. It could be that God showed us that he showed her that he was going to have a unique purpose in his life. I remember reading a book uh, a number of years ago uh, about the man who God used ultimately. I, I didn't come to Christ the moment I heard his message, but the wheels were set in motion by this individual. And uh, he told, he said that, he said, you know, when I uh, was conceived, I was conceived in rape. He said, my mother was raped and uh, she, she was considering abortion. And she was sitting out on, on her, back, uh, her back porch, just broken. And, and she said she sensed that God was saying to her, you have this child. I'm going to use this child in a special way. And that child grew up to be the man that ultimately was used by God to bring me to Christ. Can I tell you something? There are no accidents. There are no surprises. You know, we talk about being surprised with births and stuff. Being surprised. There are no surprises with God. He even, God works all things together for good. So he even takes this sin sometimes that we commit. And, and a child, it may be the result of a sinful act. But God takes that child and God sets that child apart in his, his mother's womb for God's purpose. They are valuable in the eyes of God. They're made in the image of God, and they're created for his purpose. You know, you don't have to be a Christian to bring glory to God. Did you know that? Have you ever looked at a work of art that was done by a, a secular person? The beauty of it brings glory to God. Have you ever heard a, a song sung by somebody who doesn't know Christ? One of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, I heard when singing in a choir when I was in high school, and it was a 200-voice choir, and the sound, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I, there's shivers running up and down my spine. I thought, man, this is glorious. It's beautiful. And these are people that don't even know Jesus. But it brings glory to God. Every child is valuable. They have been designed for God's purpose. So recognize the value of your child. By the way, this argues against abortion. It's not just a lump of cells. It's a human being 
made in the image of God, fashioned for his purpose, set aside for the use of the Almighty. Valuable. To Pharaoh, this was just a Hebrew child to destroy. He told the Hebrew parents, every male child, you've got to throw it in the Nile. He was a wicked king who wanted to kill babies. I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to get on a soapbox just for a second. I was listening to the radio this week and uh, heard someone say, the Supreme Court justices who wrote an opinion about overturning Roe versus Wade, they said that the, these Supreme Court justices were uh, shirking their responsibility to the American people. We are in a society today that calls good evil and evil good. I want to tell you something. Abortion is wicked. Uh, I'm not, I didn't come to preach a sermon on abortion, but I want to tell you something. It is, it is, it is a very wicked thing because it kills someone made in the image of of God. Now, if you've had an abortion, there's forgiveness for that. Praise our God for that. Um, that God can bring beauty from ashes, and uh, we, we, we know that, and all of us are sinners. But uh, every child needs to be recognized as valuable. So she saw him, that he was good. The theologians hate those ambiguous words like that. They want to try to explain them and everything. But uh, I, think, I think it ties to the creation. But I also think it may tie, you know, we're not told what God communicated to her. But uh, Hebrews said she was responding in faith. So she's responding in faith to what she believed God desires. Perhaps God said to her, I'm going to use this young man. She saw that he was good. She recognized his value. We need to recognize the value of of our kids so that we can prepare them for God's purposes. Oh, the potential of a child. I sit, sit the picture of my two grandsons on my desk. Sometimes I'll look over at those two young men and I'll pray for them. And I'll say, God, let them grow up to love and serve you. God, let them be men of character. Let them be strong men of God who will speak for you. How valuable. <laughs> so, preparing your children for God's purposes. See their uniqueness. Recognize their value. Thirdly, guard their vulnerability. Guard their vulnerability. Verse 2 says that she hid him for three months. What was she commanded to do by the government? Throw him in the river. Instead, she hid him for three months. She's protecting. He was physically vulnerable to those who wanted to do him harm. Listen, I want to tell you something. Our government wants to teach our kids about LGBTQ in kindergarten. There's something wrong with that picture. 
We need to protect the vulnerability of our children. Uh, morally, spiritually, we need to bring them to church. We need to teach them the things of God. We need to prioritize these things and protect them spiritually. Listen, I'm going to tell you, if there's a hope in this life, it's found in Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. Protect your children's vulnerability emotionally. I want to tell you something. People in the world will try to tear your child down. They will try to uh, ridicule them and mock them and belittle them. Build your children up. Not only see the good things that God has done and, and the gifts he's given them. Tell them about it. Build them up. Let them know that they are valuable to God, that they're made in the image of God, that they've been created for a purpose. Guard the vulnerability that is there. Listen, if you're a parent today, and our schools are much better than many parts of the country, but pay attention to what's happening in your schools. Know what's going on because our kids are under assault by the culture. And we are responsible to protect the vulnerability of our kids. Um, so, so important. Uh, then uh, when they get older, they will be able to serve God more effectively as we have helped to prepare them and protect them for that time of God's purpose. So uh, she hid him for three months. Could no longer do so. I, probably he got too loud. Okay, she's afraid the guards are going to hear passing by on the street. We're, we're going to hear him. Uh, he must have had some good luck, uh, lungs. God probably knew he was going to be having to yell over uh, two million Israelites, and so he gave him a good set of lungs. Anyway, uh, she begins to make a plan. So if you're going to prepare your children for God's purposes, you've got to plan for their future. Plan for their future. Her plan wasn't a long-term plan. It was a short-term plan. She made an ark of papyrus. Same word from, same uh, thing from which we get our word paper in English. Uh, but there, there were these reeds that they made things to write on in Egypt. Um, she made a, a, a little ark out of that. And she put pitch and, and uh, asphalt or these different waterproof things on here. Uh, to keep it so that it would float in the water. Now, we wish God gave us a little bit more detail here, okay? Because <laughs> it's very general things that are being said. She's not putting him out there to starve to death, right? That would not be a good thing. She, you know, it'd be quicker to throw him in the river. I, I'm not trying to be crude. But, I mean, if you're just going to put him out there to, to, to be exposed... Uh, that would not be a good thing to do. She has a plan. Now, perhaps she is hoping against hope that someone will have mercy on her child. But she stations Miriam from a distance to watch and see what will happen with him. Now, we're not told this. Uh, perhaps she knew something about Pharaoh's daughter. Apparently, Pharaoh's daughter knew a little bit of Hebrew. She, she names Moses, and it's a word play. Uh, the, the Egyptian word uh, for Moses meant son. The Hebrew word meant draw out of the water or draw out, okay? 
the same basic word, but she says, I drew him out of the water, so I'm going to call him Moses because I know he's Hebrew, but it'll also work in my Egyptian circles because it means son in the Egyptian circles. So, <laughs> anyway, I kind of digress on that, but uh, Moses' mother didn't, didn't uh, have a lot of options here, but perhaps she knew that Pharaoh's daughter had a tender spot towards the plight of the Hebrews. We're not told. But I believe she placed that basket strategically. <laughs> right where it was so that exactly what happened could happen and that perhaps her son would be spared. There's also some evidence for this because Miriam, uh, he was just a, a, young, a young woman. Either she's really fast on her feet and very smart or her mom has coached her. Right? Because what does she do? Pharaoh's daughter finds the baby, has compassion, says this is one of the Hebrew children, and Miriam's right there. And she says, shall I get a wet nurse for you to nurse this baby? I don't know too many kids, teenagers that think that way. (laughs) That would just be right there to say that kind of thing. But she does. And, And Pharaoh's daughter says, go. And she goes and she gets her mom. And then Pharaoh's daughter ends up paying Moses' mom to care for him with the protection of royalty. Is that not cool? (laughs) Uh, And so uh, she had a plan for his future. Now, uh, I, I would dare say you're not going to be making an ark of papyrus anytime soon. Okay? But there are things you can do to prepare for your kid's future, okay? Uh, the greatest thing you can do to prepare for their future is to teach them to love God. Teach them the things of God's Word. Set a good example for them in the priorities of your life. Uh, put Jesus first in your life and let them see how your family is different because Christ is in the middle of it. Planning for their future has to do with teaching them the things that matter so that when they fly the coop someday, they're going to know how to live and serve Christ. That's the best thing you can do for your kids. If you do nothing else for your kids and you do that, your kids are truly blessed. You can also prepare for them financially. There's a lot of ways to do that, saving and so forth uh, for for uh, a college expense or something like that. Uh, you, can pr- uh, you can plan for their future uh, by uh, asking God what you need to do to help this child reach his potential. You can plan through prayer. Sometimes God will provide. Say You say, well, I, I don't have any extra money set aside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you ever thought that before when you've heard, heard uh, people talking about saving? Uh, Listen, you can pray that God will supply what is needed when the time is right. I've prayed some of those prayers over the years. And can I tell you something? Our God is mighty. He can do those things. And he has done those things in our lives. And so um, you, you may not know everything your child is going to do, but you do know that they need Jesus, and you do know uh, that uh, they have certain gifts. And so ask God to help you cooperate with his purpose in their lives 
so that they can become all that God has created them to be. It's an exciting thing to see God develop those kids. Uh, Another thing you can do to plan for their future is to discipline your children. Um, Teaching your kids to have self-control is one of the best things you can ever do. Um, And God made a good place on the posterior that has plenty of cushioning uh, to uh, deal with those defiant behaviors. And, and, uh, you know, some children are more defiant than others, but you do your child a great favor if you are consistently disciplining them and teaching them how to control themselves. Because if you don't, what will happen is later on they'll learn the hard way. They'll learn through the hard knocks of life as they make wrong decisions. So uh, that is a great way to, to plan and prepare for their future, that good, consistent discipline. If you do that when they're young, you'll have a whole lot better time when they're teenagers. All right. Uh, so plan for their future, uh, uh, preparing your children for God's purposes. See their uniqueness. Recognize their value. Guard their vulnerability. Plan for their future. And finally, trust their God. I love this. It's my favorite part. Trust their God. What you mean it's not your God? Uh, my God is my kid's God. You know, who, you know who created your kids? God. He's their God whether they recognize him or not. The same God who's answered your prayers. The same God who's moved and worked in your life can move and work in their lives. Trust their God. Now, only God could write this narrative. You've got a king saying, kill every Hebrew male child. His daughter is the one who delivers Moses, who would deliver the Israelites by God's purpose and plan. This is a God thing. What if Pharaoh's daughter hadn't come down to bathe that day or had chosen a different place? What if someone had heard the child? You know, all these things, so many things could have gone wrong in this. But what you see permeating the scripture here is the sovereign mighty hand of God never forget listen I'm gonna tell you something I've made mistakes raising my kids I have and if you've been a parent very long so have you praise God he can take a crooked arrow and shoot it straight okay (laughs) we're not in this thing by ourselves and, and I've seen my kids go through some things that I really didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know uh, what course of action to take. And I had to take those things to God in prayer. And, um, and sometimes he would tell me something to do, and sometimes he would just work or move uh, in their lives. And um, there are times where you cannot inter- intervene on behalf of your child, especially when they become adults and they're making their own decisions. You can't intervene in their life. They're no longer under your authority. They're adults. So what do you do? You can take those things to God in prayer. And listen, I told uh, one of my kids was asking me one day, well, Dad, what if I did this when you weren't around? What then? And I said, well, that's between you and God. I said, you're not doing it in my house. You're not doing it with my money. If I find out you're doing it, the money's going to dry up. There'll be no more vehicle. I don't have to support it. But God will see it. 
and God will discipline you. You see, I'm not in this parenting thing by myself. I've got a great partner. <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ is my partner in parenting or grandparenting, whatever the case may be. And he is so mighty. Maybe you've got a child that's gone astray. And they've gone down a wrong path that you don't approve of. Can I tell you, our God is mighty. I've seen it in, in, in my family. There's in a number of cases where um, someone who has gone down a wrong path has turned around and found Christ or has turned around and repented. And, uh, and, and some of those... Uh, I, I, I was talking to one a few, a few months ago, and, and uh, he just loves Jesus. I mean, it's just all over him. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I just thoroughly enjoy I was edified talking to him. And uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, how great a job God has done in his life. Praise God, we don't have to have all the answers. We have a God who knows perfectly who has all power and who comes alongside us in this role of parenting. If God's given you a child, then he takes responsibility to come alongside you as you call upon his name and as you follow his principles in his word to help you raise that child in a way that he or she should be raised. And uh, it brings glory to God and prepares them for his purposes. What, what are our children going to do? You know, I think that's kind of exciting to think about. Uh, we, don't, we don't know how God's going to use our kids. It could be there's a Billy Graham that's going to church at South Clinton Baptist Church, and we just don't know it yet. Sometimes God surprises us. Uh, Billy Graham actually went to make fun of another evangelist, I heard, when he came to Christ. He fell under conviction and came to Christ. And so uh, we just don't know what God's going to do. But as we prepare our kids... Think about what, what Jochebed, mother, Moses' mother, think about the power of what she's doing here. She's taking some risks. She's, I mean, it, she's sticking her neck out. If, if the king finds out what she's doing, probably the death penalty. She's a slave. But she does it anyway. She's courageous. Listen, we need courageous parents, don't we? We need courageous Christians, by the way, in the culture in which we live. People who are willing to speak the truth, who are willing to stand for the truth, who are willing to stand for what's right, if it's popular or not. She stood for what she believed was right. And she protected her child. She took the steps to plan for his future. And God gave him the best education that money could buy. At Pharaoh's expense. And I love it. Only God could come up with stuff like that. Uh, it's amazing what God did. And, and, uh, and she, she trusted God. And obeyed God. In a difficult, hard, imperfect situation. She persevered. What did Jochebed think when they walked through the Red Sea. Can you imagine? I don't even know if she was still living. The Bible, I don't guess the Bible tells us if she was still living, but uh, um, 
if she was, can you imagine what she must have been thinking as she looked at the ocean on either side, the Red Sea, <laughs> walking through? Wow, God. Wow. All I did was make a basket. <laughs> Look what you did. That's the power of preparing your children for God's purposes. Every purpose of God's important. Whether you do something big like uh, Moses, something very visible, everything is important in the eyes of God. If he creates your child for a purpose, it's important to him. Uh, so uh, prepare your children for God's purposes. See their uniqueness. Recognize their value. Guard their vulnerability. Plan for their future and trust their God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us instruction on how to prepare our children for your purposes. Help us be faithful to do that, God. Help us pray for our kids, our grandkids. Help us do the tough work of discipline and the tough work of, of uh, protecting our kids sometimes from, from people in the culture who want to lead them astray. And Lord, let our kids rise up to not just call us blessed, but to call Jesus blessed. Help them serve him with all their hearts. And Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know Jesus, I pray that today would be the day that repentance and faith in Jesus would come in their hearts and lives. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't know Jesus,